Hello you, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad to be back. It is 2023, how did that happen? It is the year of the water rabbit, which feels gentle and apparently lucky. It's also a lunar new year, we've just had a super new moon and we're apparently now in the age of Aquarius. So from memory, that's when all the good shit happens, right? <laughs> Let's get going. Hey guys and gals and non-binary pals, this is Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt, hosted by me, Sass Petherick. I'm a coach and supervisor and I'm a little bit obsessed with how we heal the root causes of our self-doubt. On the podcast, you can expect interviews with delightful humans and evidence-based resources and original coaching tools. So if self-doubt is holding you back, then Courage and Space was made especially for you with so much much love. I'm so glad you're here. Hello you. How are you? How's your 2023 shaking down so far these first few weeks? I want to talk a little bit about my experience of this year and a clue's in the title. I'm recalibrating to life in the third gear. I want to talk to you about what that means to me and Maybe there's something in this that resonates for you too. And I also want to talk about how I think this theme might show up as I start to make a few changes just in my business and in how I'm showing up to satisfy this intuitive pull towards life in third gear, what that means. So this idea, this theme came to me at the end of last year, just before, like the day before I was due to finish up for the year, have a few weeks off over crumble and just chill out. And I was, I found myself in this kind of edging towards frenzy, but not really, just in this state of like continuous motion of, okay, I'm going to finish this thing and it's going to do this and this and this, and I've got to finish these tasks. And it, it was in this really kind of quite satisfying zone that my brain loves, I think, where I go into this slightly efficient forward motion mode. It's a bit, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's not flow. It's not flow, but it's very much like, okay, we're doing this and this and this. And there is a kind of, there's a real doing type energy that goes with that mode that I sometimes get into. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to grab a cup of tea. I'm going to finish all of these things and then I'll knock off for the day. And maybe I'll just do one extra day's work. And that will mean that I can finish this thing before my holidays. And I got up to get myself a cup of tea. And I just had this, I don't know, this feeling, this intuitive hit, something happened on the way down the stairs where I just thought I should stop. What might happen if I stop? What if I didn't try and do all of this before the break? And I can remember standing there having a cup of tea and this image kind of came into my mind. And sometimes this happens for me. I don't know if you have this occur for you too, where I'll just get a sort of like a, an image that comes up, something that's not usually words. Maybe it's my intuition. I, I don't really know what it is. But I had this image of me driving, driving a, down a kind of windy road. And I was in a pretty powerful car. 
and I was driving like a, a stick shift and I could feel myself like moving the gears down, which is odd because I don't know how to drive a stick shift. I can only drive an automatic. That's the only car I've ever learned how to drive in. So I don't drive like that. But there was this image of like, it was like a metaphor. This is what you're doing. I was in a powerful car going around some windy roads and moving down a gear the whole time. Like almost like, how could I do this faster? And the sort of phrase kept coming up, like go be in third gear, just be in third gear. Which, as we know, is not the fastest gear. Right, like third gear is actually pretty shit. <laughs> you don't get much power there, right? It's it's like it's not first gear where it's just like I'm edging down the driveway, and it's not fifth gear where you're where you're kind of humming along at the speed limit or or just below it. Responsible safety first, kids. It's third gear. Find a place inside that's third gear. I sort of ignored it, but sort of it was quite a compelling image and a feeling that went with it. I don't know, there was something about it. I could tell that it was important and that I really needed to listen to it. And I was just thinking about this image. I can remember even like Googling what is third gear. I don't, I don't know why. But there was this image that came up when I did that of like country lanes, English country lanes, which if you have ever been to the UK or you live here, you'll know. And lots of, especially in the southwest, they're really high hedgerows. And so you kind of have to drive down the lanes quite slowly because you can't often see what's coming. And so you automatically slow down. And I just had this quite, I don't know, embodied response to that image of, it's country lanes, it's slowing down, it's seeing more, experiencing more. So this idea of finding a place in the third gear has kind of sat with me over the break. So Christmas for Ash and I, because it's just the two of us, we don't have any children and we don't have any family in this country. So being being orphans and immigrants, Christmas is super chilled for us. We just cook and we eat and we watch telly and movies and read. And I don't know, we, we have a pretty chilled out time. It's usually, you know, we try and stay off screens, all of that. And I had already bought myself a, an A3 sized paint by numbers of a deer's head. It was a really colourful, fun painting. And I thought, oh, this is a nice mix where I don't have to come up with anything myself and be under that kind of creative pressure. But equally, there is some flow in that. And I, I kind of love to paint that is really fun I'm just not very good at it so paint my numbers felt like a really beautiful middle space so I had thought oh I'll spend an afternoon doing that and the thing took freaking days <laughs> so the big deer was just on the kitchen table on boxing day and I pretty much spent another week coming back to it to finish it off but it was lovely I got to listen to some podcasts. Radio 4 always do some great stuff. The BBC is great over Christmas. And I listened to The Dark is Rising, which is one of my favorite winter stories. It's like a five book series. And I listened to a documentary on Agatha Christie. It was like the perfect stuff was just there. It was this really tender, gentle, slow, creative place. And 
by the time I finished the deer, I was like, oh, this is different to being not working. This is proper rejuvenation. So if you're a business owner or if you just have like quite high pressure work, you'll know what that feels like, right? You'll know the difference between time off from work and time where you are properly resting, recharging, recalibrating, all those lovely rewords. That's what it felt like. And it kind of left a bit of an indelible mark on me. I started to kind of contemplate earlier at the very beginning of the year, okay, so I'm going back to work on the 6th. (laughs) And the 6th came around and I was like, nah, probably not today. And I just started to think, okay, not only did that break feel really rejuvenating, what would it be like to plan my year particularly around my business, from the energy of this third gear place, from spaciousness, from creativity. And I started to see that a lot of this was, you know, and I'm so grateful for this, and I know this isn't possible for all of us, but because I'm self-employed, I get to make a lot of choices for myself. So a couple of changes that I'm going to be making to to how I show up for you and how I best serve you, that will be super obvious. One is that we're going to be moving to fortnightly podcast episodes. So instead of having four a month, there'll be two. Uh, One will be just with me and there will be some further resources for you to kind of play with and apply some of the concepts and topics that we discuss. So I want to be giving you some resources where you can kind of take these ideas and actually make them your own. So sometimes that will be a reflection sheet or an invitation, but something that you can just kind of take this one step further. And the second episode each month will be an interview with someone who's got something interesting to say about this this fascinating topic of of self-doubt. So it'll be something that's complementary to to our main topic. I also want to have a shitload more fun with Instagram and my email subscribers. I've been taking some workshops and courses with some brilliant people. I'll share more about that as as I start to implement, but I just really want to put some love into the the connections that I already have, right? There's so much emphasis on this growing and getting bigger and more audiences. And I don't know, my my fire has just gone out for that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what I really want to do this year is love what I already have. And I have the most amazing folks that I'm already connected to. So if you want some of that love, then please make sure you're signed up to my subscription list. The sign up is in the show notes. I send out a regular newsletter. You get discounts on courses and programs with me and first notifications of opportunities to connect in different ways. So it's worth it. And the other thing I just wanted to let you know is that we're going to introduce more spaciousness into self-belief school. So We're taking two weeks for each module. There are small intimate coaching groups to go through the lessons with. Um, It's all supported by me. Some of the feedback that I've been getting from the folks who've been with us since we first opened in September has been just 
joyous. So I'll be sharing some of that as we open for enrollment again in February. And by signing up to my newsletter, you will get first notification of when our enrollment doors open. So there are some of the changes that I'm going to be making. And honestly, a year or two ago, this would have felt a little bit risky. And right now it just feels so good. I'm kind of fascinated by that, like how our perspective can change and just how how much of an impact that perspective shift can have on how we feel about something, what we believe about it, how willing we are to, to make a shift, to make a change. I think this is a really good reason why it's so worthwhile to kind of check in on yourself every now and then because you're changing all the time and as you walk through your your life's labyrinth even if you come across a spot where you think oh I've been here before I kind of know what to do or or how I like to respond to this kind of situation it may be that given the amount of change we've all been through in the last few years Actually, you do feel differently. You do have a different way of showing up to things, or you want one. Hey, if self-doubt is holding you back, I want you to know about Self-Belief School. This is where you learn how to heal the root causes of your self-doubt and how to create robust and resilient self-belief, self-acceptance, self-worth and self-trust. They're the best kind of selfies. I want you to see who you are underneath your self-doubt. Just head over to selfbelief.school for all the details and how to enroll. So I want to spend the last part of this episode just talking you through like how I got to that, you know, spontaneous intuitive image in my mind of me driving down a country lane to actually making very practical, quite tangible changes in the way that I'm going to show up to my business. So this is why I think daydreaming is such a freaking awesome method for actually figuring out what it is you want. Like when you just let your mind wander with no fixed destination or idea for what should happen, you just let it go. At some point, it's going to give you something that is important. You'll know it because you'll know how it feels to you. And that is a breadcrumb trail that's worth following. So for me, it was that image of driving down a country lane, if I was in third gear, taking it slowly, what might that actually look like in my life? What would I be feeling or saying or doing or thinking that's different if I was living life like that? Right? How do I get to slow down and see more and create more, experience more of life, kind of loving what I already have, staying in the space of, I don't know, there was something about that energy. And I realize I'm, I can't really find the words for it because it's, it's more of a feeling, a state of mind. I mean, it does feel like a side effect of spending last year kind of getting at one with disappointment. It feels like, oh, that tendency of mind to over-function is healing. I'm actually finding some comfort and peace and safety in being rather than doing. 
And I understand completely that for a lot of folks listening, you've got being down, right? Like for you, there might be more of a desire to actually do more, to embrace more doing, to kind of be more active out of your graceful, tender, private kind of safe space. Like you want to break out of that a little bit. I totally hear that. And I think that whether you want more being or more doing, I think the process of naming and claiming that is kind of the same. And so what I've been thinking about over the last week or two is how do we do that? Because, and and this is partly informed because self-belief school has begun again and we've got this lovely month focus on courage-based goals. So our whole class is using this approach that I've that I've come up with and it's to, and it's how do we how do we bring goals to life when we have a ton of self-doubt. So sometimes that shows up with just dismissing and feeling really blah about goals. Sometimes it means that we're pretty good at making a plan nice and color-coded and sorted, but then we lose momentum really quickly or perfectionism sort of gets in the way. So you chuck your goal out at the first setback. Um, All of those are very common and understandable, normal experiences of goals when self-doubt's present. And so this approach of courage-based goals kind of takes all of that into account. And I think for a lot of us with self-doubt, there is this tendency to, to feel quite hesitant, even confused, a bit tentative about naming what we want, let alone claiming it. And so I think one of the first things that is important to do, and it's what we do in self-belief school, is to get really clear on what you do want, what, what your goal actually is. And what I found is that a lot of us identify with what we don't want, right? We'll say, I'm fed up of this, or I don't want any of that. And I think that what we actually, what is more helpful, what serves us in a much deeper way, is to name what we do want. So a goal should be something you want. So it's not a should and it's not for the purpose of external validation. It's for you. So it's something you want and it's positively phrased, right? So it is the thing that you actually want more of. And the other parts of this, I think, are that that really serve people with self-doubt is that it's something that's easy to experiment with. So rather than having this kind of pass-fail criteria, we actually have a little more of a softening into what can I experiment with here? How can I just try some things out just to see what happens, right? Because how we do something is almost more important, I think, than what we end up doing. Right, so how you speak to yourself, how you support yourself when things go a bit haywire or not what ex- not what's expected or something happens that's not on the plan, right? All of that is just as important as what you end up actually achieving. Right? If you get up the mountain and you've had to deprive yourself and punish yourself and speak so cruelly to yourself to get there, honestly, what's the freaking point? So we do this very differently in self-belief school, right? It is very much about the how as much as the what. 
The other part of this and and what I think really positively impacts the chances of you achieving a goal, no matter what it is, is to make it temporary, right? So the, the approach we take is what can you do in 30 days? What's your 30 day goal? And this has a couple of really positive effects. One is that it it helps you to sort of scope out a goal that is really doable, right? So instead of trying to beat yourself up because your goal isn't big and important enough, you actually almost underplay it. It's like, what can I do in 30 days? What is manageable within 30 days? Because my approach to all of these things is, honestly, if we can't do the small things, right, the easy doable steps, then it's pointless to try the big ones. Like we've got this all wrong. And I think it's part of our social conditioning that bigger, better, more is always best. And actually, that's just not true. But if you just had 30 days, what could you do? What feels doable in that 30 days? Because you can always then do the next part of the goal in the following 30 days. So really embracing this idea that a goal is just a temporary state, that we're learning some stuff about ourselves, trying to achieve something or part of something. And at the end of that, we can then go, okay, what really worked? What do I want to do more of? What's the next 30-day goal? So some of the examples that have come from the self-belief school is, I freaking love these goals, spend 30 days discovering what cherishing my body means to me. I mean, hello. That just made me well up when I first read that goal. Spend 30 days writing a short story in the horror genre. I mean, the talent, honestly. Create a new course for my business. Complete my photography portfolio. These are the most amazing humans, and I just love these women so much. Everyone is in that state, right, of, oh, I kind of want this, and can I really do it? So we're sort of in that place of optimism and tentativeness, which is always kind of juicy, right? But what I love about these goals is that they're kind of a world away from these very kind of typical surface level goals about things like deprivation and punishment and sometimes moral relativism, right? Like I will exercise for 30 days or or whatever for every day for a year. So all of these goals are really, you can imagine, like what does that do in terms of your motivation for actually completing the goal when the goal itself feels so inviting? It's something you want more of. So if this sounds super groovy to you, then I've got a free downloadable reflection sheet, a worksheet with some really inviting questions to help you figure out what you want to bring to life this year. You might want to call it a goal. It might just be something you want more of. It might be something you want to be doing more of or being more of. But those questions are designed to support you. And the worksheet is available in the show notes. So I hope this really helps you to kick your year off with some joy, some intrigue, some excitement and motivation and being doing that with some some real gentleness and tenderness for yourself with some spaciousness if that feels good to you. All right love, I will see you in a couple of weeks.